Welcome to Moving the Needle, casual conversations about ways, big and small, to impact student learning. Brought to you by the Faculty Center for Teaching and Learning at the University of Maryland, Baltimore. I'm Erin Hager. Let's move the needle. Hi there, and welcome back to Moving the Needle. On today's episode, we're going to ask ourselves this question. How can expert clinicians, doctors, nurses, dentists, PTs, PAs, how can they also become expert educators, using the best evidence in teaching and learning to prepare the next generation of healthcare providers? Many of us teach the way we were taught, or we intuitively try out new approaches hoping they'll be successful. But how can we know what research-based education practices are proven to impact student learning? Well, one way faculty members or future faculty members can enhance their skills and knowledge is to take coursework in education. Deepening one's knowledge about learning theory, teaching strategies, research-based practices in assessment, program evaluation, all that good stuff. The Health Professions Education Program at UMB launched in fall 2020. This program provides faculty in all healthcare fields opportunities to dip their toes into the educational waters by earning a post-baccalaureate certificate, or they can dive in and work toward a master's or PhD. Today, we'll hear from some of the faculty members and program directors about how this program came to be and the flexibility it provides its learners. We'll also hear about some of the exciting projects current students are undertaking and where this degree is headed. Let's welcome Dr. Christina Sestone, Dr. Violet Kulo, and Dr. Karen Gordis to the show. Christina, let's start with you. So the University of Maryland Baltimore recently launched a new program in health professions education. Can you talk to us a little bit about why a program like this is important and why UMB was the right home for it? Thanks, Erin. That's a really great question. Um, Yeah, HPE launched in 2020. um, And it's new to the campus, but it is um, a field of study that's been around for quite some time. Many listeners might know it under the auspices of medical education. um, And over the last 50 to 70 years, it's really kind of become its own field of study and broadened to be named health professions education. And along with that has been a proliferation of programs. And I think UMB is a great place for an HPE degree because of the numerous health professions and human services um, field that exist on our campus. So specifically, health professions education is really an applied area of education where learners study the foundations of the learning sciences, and they engage in this practical application of knowledge to research, um, advancing their teaching, academic leadership posts, and program evaluation to improve programs, learner experiences, and outcomes. That's great. Um, so Karen, you have a health professions background yourself as a, as a physical therapist. Um, can you talk to us about what a degree in health professions education can provide clinicians? Sure. Great question, Erin. Thank you. Um, many clinicians, they really, they arrive to academia directly from the clinic. They're often driven by a passion for teaching, but routinely they have no formal background in education. So enrolling in an HPE program will provide these faculty formal introduction to pedagogy, the underlying foundations and principles of teaching, all within an evidence-based context. For me, it will give them the why 
of their teaching and the how of teaching, but grounded in educational research. I think in this way, clinical faculty will be able to then critically analyze their teaching methodologies for continuous improvement and perhaps through their own education research, evaluate their impact to contribute to the body of knowledge within health prevention education. Well, so how do we get there, Violet? Tell, tell us a little bit about this curriculum. Like, how, how do we prepare these clinicians to go through that range of analysis and experience that Karen just, uh, Karen just described? How, how do they move through this coursework to do that? We have a range of programs. So we have the PhD program, we have the master's program that started in the fall of 2022, and we have two certificates that will start in the fall of 2023, one in teaching and another one in educational leadership. So all the four degree programs have a fall start and the courses build on each other, so they must be taken sequentially. And we begin with the foundational courses, such as the theoretical foundations of learning and the foundations in statistics. The students take one course at a time in the fall and the spring semesters and two courses concurrently in the summer of year one. Uh, the courses are eight weeks long and they lay the foundation for conduct, conducting research for the PhD students in year three. So year one and two are focused on foundational knowledge and then year three, the students transi transition into their uh, doing dissertation and they have a, a mentor to help them through that process. It's great that there's so many entry points to this degree so that people can can start and decide if they want the certificate level or the master's level. And then if they decide they want to keep going to the PhD, they can they can just keep doing all those courses uh, transfer into that higher level. Is that right? That That is correct. So the, the, the certificates are an on-ramp to the master's and the master's is an on-ramp on, on to the PhD. So you don't lose credit for, you're given credit for all the work you've done for the ne next degree should you choose to continue to the next level. It's, it's a wonderful way for people to get their uh, feet wet in this discipline and see um, to what extent they, they want to keep going. So Christina, there are a lot of uh, higher education, PhD, and EDD programs in education. So can you talk to us a little bit about how an H, uh, health professions education PhD is different from those? I think health professions education coursework and, and our curriculum and the field of, at large differs because health professions is a unique work environment and a learning and teaching environment. And so the coursework is very multidisciplinary. It's interprofessional. And even though folks are coming from different training pipelines, they're all looking at education of those learners through their own disciplinary eyes. So they're taking core educational knowledge, foundational research, and then they're applying it to what the pipeline is like for training in their own discipline. And so I think that they bring a nuanced understanding to education that if you are in a educational psychology program, for example, or just in a, a core college of education, that you might not be exposed to because they, those programs, for example, could be very focused on K through 12 education and what it's like to be in a classroom with reading and writing um, and all those things are foundational and important, but the health professions and graduate education in the health professions is a unique animal, if you will, in terms of how education is used, um, how learners are assessed, how competency is measured, um, and the 
impact of learners coming out of those professions is also much different than someone who's graduating with a specific college of education degree because they're not going out to practice healthcare on the public. They may not have patients, and there's a very significant health impact there, and I think that's the difference. And, and I don't know if my colleagues want to add anything to, to this sort of the nuance to HPE. I did have something to add to like how the cohort moves through together. I was going to say that, you know, Violet mentioned that the cohort moves through the program together. I really feel like this adds a richness to the experience for each learner within the program because they're having this great opportunity to talk with other faculty or other individuals interested in being in faculty from different medical professions. And so this there's this sharing of knowledge from your own unique discipline, but then being able to compare it and contrast it to how other disciplines in the health professions education world are experiencing the same content or design or delivery. So I think that that interprofessional collaboration in this program uh, really adds a robustness to the degree that you might not find if everyone was coming from an education background. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I also think too, the, the trend in healthcare is much uh, is is really leaning toward this interprofessional practice in healthcare. And so to be trained as an educator in an interprofessional setting also models the way that that we want our healthcare providers to ultimately practice. So I, I think that's a great opportunity for everybody. And I think it's important to say that a lot of what health professionals do educationally is done intuitively. It's done based on what they've seen their instructors, preceptors, and educators do that may or may not be intuitive. It may not be accurate in terms of what we know works for learning effectively in academic environments. And so I think there's that intuitive piece that may be right, but it could also be wrong because sometimes learning is not what we think it is. So this whole idea of rereading, rereading, and rote memorization is often believed to be an effective form of studying, for example. And we know from the literature that there's other strategies and techniques uh, like self-quizzing and self-explanation and questioning that are highly effective. And we don't see you know, some educators don't know that. And so that's not being taught or shared with the learners in their curriculum. Yeah. So this whole process of teaching the way that we've been taught um, is so common, I think, in all forms of higher education and, and health professions as well. And it sounds like this program is really an opportunity to question the ways that we have been taught um, and those practices that are effective, keep them. And those practices that may have better alternatives, this is an opportunity to to learn and practice those. Just to follow up what both you said, Aaron and Christina said, one of the aha moments that students have that's really such a pleasure to see is that many of them go, wow, I've been doing that. Say, for instance, reflective journaling as an assignment for their students. And they did have this intuitive instinct about that that would be a great structure for evaluating uh, an experience in the clinic by a student. And what's nice to see is now that they're actually reading the learning theories and the literature um, in the educational world, they now have the kind of the, the background for why they are doing what they're doing. So they better understand themselves in their teaching roles and through that then have the ability to 
further refine or iterate an assignment because they now have the foundational principles of what they were doing. They had this intuitive instinct, but now they actually have the literature and the understanding to support what they were doing and how to make it better. Yeah, that must be so validating when they when they come across something and say, hey, I've, I've been trying that and I do think it works well and now I know why. That's so great. So the courses in the HPE program are fully online and they're asynchronous, which means that these students are not meeting at a scheduled class time the same day of the week, all getting together Wednesdays at 7. Um, can you tell us, Violet, a little bit about how this works? How do students engage and interact with each other if if they're not on the same schedule? So we use uh, the Blackboard Learning Management System. So students uh, log into Blackboard at their own time to, to access the course materials, uh, such as uh, recorded lectures and readings. But they interact through Blackboard Discussion Board mostly. So they have discussions that are, might, might be due on Thursday or Wednesday. Then they uh, then they interact with their peers, re- responding back and forth and uh, from the readings and uh, any material that they've been given from the activities. They also engage with, with their peers, giving peer feedback. And uh, uh, some courses also have projects that students work on collaboratively. And they, uh, they engage with their giving um, uh, feedback on those pro- uh, projects uh, to help their, uh, their peers to improve their, their, their projects. The other op- opportunity that students have to engage and collaborate with, with each other is during the, we have an in-person impact institute where they come on campus for four days. And this is an intensive institute that is is designed around the primary objectives of the HPE program, such as interprofessional and cross-cultural education, uh, teaching and research. Students uh, give give presentations of their research projects and they also give feedback Give, give a chance, get a chance to give feedback, constructive feedback, and receive feedback from their peers and the instructors. So we've built in quite a few areas where they interact and uh, collaborate with, with each other. Well, you mentioned their research, Violet, which is a, a perfect segue. Your, your first cohort in the PhD program is, is just beginning their research phase. So uh, they've gone through their, their uh, coursework over the last two years, and now they're entering the phase where they're focus is, is on their independent research projects. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that your students are investigating and, and looking to explore? Absolutely. And this is very exciting to see that the first cohort is in year three and they're doing their independent research. And some of them have already uh, progressed on to like uh, candidacy. So just, just to share a few pro, uh, projects that uh, students are working on, uh, one of them is uh, how students achievement goal orientation in a team-based learning classroom differs with graded, graded versus ungraded individual readiness assurance tests. Then the other uh, research project is barriers impacting interprofessional collaboration between physical therapists and dentists who treat patients with orofacial pain. And this project is also looking at those uh, students who've, who have had IPE training who had IPE training in their, in their graduate training. Then the other project is exploring the landscape of design and delivery of sexual health education in the doctor physical therapy curriculum. So these are, this, these are just like a few examples, but uh, they, you can see a wide range of projects ranging from curricular design to pedagogy to interprofessional education and how it, it, it translates to practice. That's so interesting. It's going to be 
fun to see the ways that these students make an impact in in what we know about HPE in a, in, uh, in a few years' time when their research is completed. So, Christina, going forward, how do you see this program evolving, and how do you see your graduates making an impact on these professions? Yeah, Erin, you know, that's an interesting question because it is so early in the program. And so I can only look to other HPE programs nationally and internationally and see where those learners have made an impact in their field. And so as Violet described, the number of different research projects, it's really also representing the number of professions that are represented in this program. So we currently have eight professions represented from the allied health, medicine, nursing, pharmacy, uh, PA fields. And we think that's only going to grow in terms of numbers um, and diversity of professions. So I would say first, that's where I see it going. I think we're, we're at about 30 students right now at the third year of the curriculum. I think we see enrollment expanding well beyond this once we have these other degree offerings in play in terms of the certificate and and the we move into the second year of the master's program. I also feel like we will grow our faculty, there'll be increased opportunities for research, and as we build our research portfolio, it's sort of like research begets research and projects beget projects um, and students beget students because there's just more known about our program over time. And we really feel that that's the growth areas is the research impact that UMB will have on the health professions education landscape and then the growth of the program overall, both in terms of representation and profession and numbers of learners. Kind of in response to what Christina was saying, another impact that I see is that um, these graduates can be change agents in their own um, educational program. Many of them are faculty currently in their uh, discipline, and they are now expert educators. So they have the capacity to change or evolve the educational program in which they are delivering their clinical content in. So they came as clinical experts, but now they also are education experts. And that infusion of those two genres in one faculty member uh, is really such an enhancement to the educational program that those individuals are now serving as faculty in. I think the other benefit is, is that they have the capacity to increase the amount of literature that's being produced under the umbrella of education with their, within their specific discipline. So I think there's a lot of clinical research that's being generated in these various disciplines. And a lot of times the education research is on the side. And now they can be individuals that are, are kind of pushing the envelope that we need to have that same amount of dedication and time and distribution of literature that's in the educational side of health professions education. So I see kind of two impacts of these graduates, change agents in the delivery of the educational curriculum within their discipline, but also primary contributors to the literature within their field, but under the umbrella of education. Yeah. And I could see where that would be so important because the volume of clinical information that is being produced is 
I think rapidly outpacing the the ability to teach it all, right? So educators really need to know what kind of skills can we impart in our students so that the students themselves can can make sense of this clinical literature and and all of these new um, treatments and things like that. So it um, I could see how teaching is very much going to be impacted by the sheer volume. Of, of clinical information that we have now and, and change a lot because of that. So what would you say to a clinician who's listening who is debating whether or not this, uh, this is the right path for them? They're maybe thinking about becoming an educator, maybe they're a preceptor right now. How would you, uh, how would you encourage them to think about a decision like this to, to get a new, new training in health professions education? For those that are interested in pursuing a career in teaching in health professions education, this provides the missing link. Again, you are an expert clinician and you know how to engage in evidence-based practice under the umbrella of health professions, but you also or should be engaging in evidence-based education if you're going to pursue teaching within health professions. And so this is that missing link that you don't have from your educational background that got you to where you are. That's great. Is there anything else about this program or about the field of health health professions education that anyone would like to share? Yes. One of the things that we've we've had, we hear time and time again in the program is the immediate application that uh, the students are are doing, they learn something and they immediately apply it in, in their classrooms. So it's really gratifying to know that they're, 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 there's an impact right away. And that we also have projects, we, we, we try our best to make projects that are for them to do projects that are applicable to what they're, they're doing in their programs. So if they're doing like a program evaluation project, they might do a project that is uh, that will help them to to evaluate their program. Then, when they're doing like a literature review, they also can present that at a conference. So we structure uh, projects that will they can use them in not only as an assignment, but also they can get scholarship out of it. That's great. So it's very practical and very applied, in addition to the the depth that they're getting and the exposure to the literature. And, and also to add, you know, it's important to emphasize, and a lot of the learners we interview and who apply and express interest in the program ask this question, you know, can I do it? Can I do it while I'm a practicing health professional? Um, and I am here to say absolutely, it is a manageable program for all of our students are currently full-time employed in their health profession and or as faculty in addition to clinical practice. And so it's a very different kind of program than their primary training, yet at the same time, it's manageable while working full-time. And that is the beauty of the curricular design, the mentorship that they receive, as well as the asynchronous nature of coursework. And so it is designed for flexibility, and it's not you know, a piece of cake. It's obviously a lot of work, but what we're hearing uh, from our learners is that it is manageable and doable while maintaining full employment. 
Well, I can't wait to have the three of you on uh, maybe in a couple of years and we can hear about all of the exciting projects that have crossed the finish line uh, from your PhD students. We can hear more about the students who have started at the certificate level and the master's level and hear how how those curricula have affected um, them and their professional development. So thank you for sharing this. I hope uh, folks listening who are interested will consider this program. It's a wonderful opportunity to merge the fields of healthcare and education um, and really just advance our understanding uh, and training the next generation of, of health professionals. So thank you all for the work you do and thanks for the time you spent today. Thank you, Erin. Thank you, Erin. Thank you for joining us today on Moving the Needle. Visit us at umaryland.edu slash fctl to hear additional episodes, leave us feedback, or suggest future topics. We'd love to hear from you.